Hey, this is Dr. Patty Sadala. Welcome to my Experience Jesus podcast. In this identity episode, we will look at the difference between the Old Testament promised land and what your new covenant promise land is and how to know what that will look like for you. We will look at three areas in both the Old and the New Covenant days, God's presence, people, and prosperity. In the Old Testament days, the Lord's promised land was mostly about the physical realm for the Israelites. God's manifest dwelling place in that season was in a tent or a tabernacle, and God showed himself with miraculous manifestations that affected natural laws, like when he showed himself to Moses as a burning bush that did not destroy, or the miracles of the parting of the seas, for example. In Genesis 26, 1 through 5, Isaac, Abraham's son, is reminded of the promise given to his father. Now there was a famine in the land of Canaan, besides the previous famine that had occurred in the days of Abraham. So Isaac went to Gerar, to Abimelech, king of the Philistines. The Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Stay in the land of which I tell you. Live temporarily as a resident in this land, and I will be with you and bless you and favor you. For I will give all these lands to you and your descendants, and will establish and carry out the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of the heavens, And I will give you your descendants in all these lands, and by your descendants shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because Abraham listened and obeyed my voice and constantly kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. We learn in this verse that some of the basic conditions for God's promises are related to listening and obeying, as Abraham did. And God was reminding Isaac of this. The Old Covenant promised land had natural geographic boundaries and was described as the land of milk and honey. This was a commonly understood Israelite idiom that represented prosperity, with the milk representing reproducing livestock and the honey representing the abundance of crops. Prosperity was also defined by people with healthy childbearing being a sign of God's favor and blessings. The measure of God's favor could be seen in their natural lives, but it was a partnership. They needed to cooperate with God in order to do their part to receive his promised blessings. In Exodus 3.8, it says, So I have come down to rescue them from the hand, the power of the Egyptians, and to bring them up from that land to a land that is good and spacious, to a land flowing with milk and honey, a land of plenty, to the place of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite. Notice here that in order to occupy the land, they had to dispossess the people that were already living there. That's because there was not enough room for both the Israelites and the people there already. And in actuality, those peoples had fallen away from God and were worshiping other gods. They never actually fully possessed the land, though. 
Under Joshua's 25 years of leadership after Moses' death, they occupied much of the promised land, but the Israelites began to get in trouble when they assimilated with the people and the cultures and the religions that they had not dispossessed and fell away from the Lord. The Philistines, for example, were never completely defeated. Although David had some success with this under his rule, over time, the Old Testament wars and battles showed that they lost even more land because their eyes were not continually fixed on God. Let's take a moment to really emphasize the importance of keeping your eyes fixed on God by going all the way back to Moses sending the 12 spies to check on the land of milk and honey. Numbers 13, 27 to 33. This is what they reported to Moses. We went to the land where you sent us. It really is a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is some of its fruit. But the people who live there are strong, and the cities have walls that are very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the mountain region. And the Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and all along the Jordan River. Caleb told the people to be quiet and listen to Moses. Caleb said, Let's go now and take possession of the land. We should be more than able to conquer it. But the men who had gone with him said, We can't attack those people. They're too strong for us. So they began to spread lies among the Israelites about the land they had explored. They said, The land we explored is one that devours those who live there. All the people we saw there were very tall. We saw Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak and Nephilim. We felt like small grasshoppers, and that's how we must have looked to them. The Nephilim and the Anak descendants were giants, some believed to be over nine feet tall. Even though all of these men experienced amazing miracles of God's provision, and it was still fresh in their mind, 10 of those spies came back with their eyes fixed on the giants, while Caleb and Joshua only saw God's promise. This decision cost them and everyone else in that generation, except for Joshua and Caleb, 40 years of wandering the wilderness, and they lost their opportunity to enter their promised land. Every person alive in that season had to die in the wilderness, except for Joshua and Caleb, because they chose to keep their eyes fixed on limitations and not on God's promises. Remembering this costly mistake, Joshua urged this new generation 40 years later to keep their eyes fixed on God and his promises at all times right before they were about to occupy the promised land. Okay, so let's switch gears now to our present new covenant realities. Remember, we're looking again at God's presence, people, and prosperity. Because of Jesus' finished work on the cross, Our definitions of God's presence, people, and prosperity are now spiritual more than they were natural. The promised land for new believers is about your calling and your kingdom impact. God's dwelling place is now in the hearts of every believer. 
Many people believe that to be near God, you must enter a church building. In one sense, because of God's omnipresence, he is in the church building, just like he is in everywhere. But the manifest presence of God walks through the doors of the church when believers enter that building. Everywhere you go, God is with you. You carry him into every room you enter. This is an important truth to ponder. You don't need to climb a mountain or go to a temple or a tabernacle to connect with God. You can connect with him right now, right where you are at any point in time because he is with you inside. He's covering you and he's next to you at all times. So the new covenant promised land is about your kingdom impact, your calling. The people of the promise are those that the Lord would have you bring closer to him and those for you to impact with salvation, discipleship, or simply to reflect God's love and light. Your promised land is related to the unique way God created you and gave you your purpose and your peace or contribution to God's overall kingdom plan. When I was writing the Encountering the Direction of God book that will be coming out this spring, 2022, the Lord clarified for me that callings are not just about what we do. It's really more about who we become. We must first be who God has called us to be, and then he will open every door and equip us to do what we are called to do. To become who God needs you to be is to be transformed into your Christ identity. That is the fusion of the God you, where you have allowed God to make you into the person he sees you as already. The transformational process of becoming who God qualifies you to be is part of your calling. The podcast episode called How to Become a High Fruit-Bearing Christian really takes the discussion of how to understand what your promised land is and really walk you through the process of how to do that. So I do recommend that if you haven't already done so, you check it out on this episode of pattyej.podbean.com. I'll have a link for that episode as well. But what I really wanted to talk about today is that just like the Israelites had to dispossess people to make room for them to occupy their promised land, we must dispossess things in our land. And remember, our land is our heart. So that means to throw off everything that hinders us from God's very best for us to make room for more of him in our hearts than the things that are occupying it now, like selfish desires or issues. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us, let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us. God is the author and the finisher of your faith. That means he goes ahead of you into your fruit-bearing promised land and he prepares the place for you and he waits for you to catch up with him there. Remember too that your heart is the promised land. So what kinds of things are hindering you from becoming who God has called you to be? Could it be unforgiveness of an offense that continues to roll around and take up room in your mind and in your heart? Or is it possibly agreeing with the diagnosis of an illness and allowing it to limit 
who God has created you to be? Could it be spirits of unworthiness that have you believing that the lie that God couldn't possibly use you? The truth is, most of us accept limitations and settle in with them and make them our normal life. This is exactly what got the Israelites in trouble. The Spirit of God is in you. When God gives you a promise, it is your responsibility to partner with Him in this promise so that He can bring the power and the faith for you to believe it. Every believer has a large call on their lives. If it were too small, you'd be tempted to do it without God. But you must be your best self to be able to handle that kind of big that God has for you. To dispossess means to get rid of something to make room for something else. You must make Jesus welcome in your hearts and provide room for him to grow greater and greater in your heart. Recently, my pastor talked about the wagon trains that needed to cross the rivers to their western settlements in the 1880s. In order to cross the river, they would have to leave some things behind to lighten the load. They surely would never have been able to cross the river had they not let some of those things go. And there were stories of people who died because they could not let go of their belongings. You know, there were two river crossing stories in the Old Testament. The first was when Moses was told to hold the staff over the Red Sea and the Lord parted the waters so that the people, the two million people, could walk across on dry land to the other side. Well, this is the most popular parting of the sea's miracle. It was not the only one. It had been 40 years since Joshua was one of the only two spies that could see the promise instead of the giants. And yet, it was especially fresh in his mind as he stood on the banks of the Jordan River, reminding this new generation to keep their eyes fixed on God and his promises. In the first miracle, Moses was told to stretch his staff over the waters, and people were able to watch the waters move into walls of water so that they could walk across. This time, Joshua had to step into the water before it would part. That must have been a scary act of faith on his part. Sometimes you're waiting for God to show up and manifest that thing that you know he's promised when he's actually waiting on you to take that step of faith to show him that you believe him for it. Moving in faith expands your heart to have more room for God, and then he's more able to transform you. Taking active steps of faith show that you believe God and that you're willing to do your part to move toward God's plans for you. What do you need to leave behind that entangles you and holds you back so that you can run the race that God has for you now? Well, this is what Jesus had to say about that. And listen carefully, because he wants to show you something in your encountering experience when we get to that. He said, In order to live the life that I have planned for you, since before the foundations of the earth were laid, you must make room for me. Imagine that your heart is like a cluttered attic with boxes of stuff. You're hanging on to this stuff without even realizing why. At some point, you could have had a reason, but now you can't even remember it. Some things like regrets or anger, frustration, unforgiveness, or limiting lies from the enemy 
have all been spoken over your life. And without realizing it, you've probably spoken in agreement with much of that yourself. And there they are in these dusty attic boxes. Remember that you must first become who I need you to become before you can do what I need you to do. In order for you to become your ideal Christ identity, that is, the best version of yourself, you need to recognize that this clutter is unnecessary and you need to let it go. Just like the wagon-trained pioneers had to throw off what was hindering them to cross the river to their destination, you must realize that you don't need that stuff anymore and it's slowing you down. And for many, it robs them entirely of the destiny that I created them to have here and in heaven. Jesus has a bit more to say with specific instructions of exactly what he wants you to do in this moment. So be prepared to take notes when we get to the Experience Jesus section. Before we dive into our encounter today, I wanted to take a moment to ask you for a blessing. If you have learned some new things and have drawn closer to God by this podcast, Please pray for the Lord to multiply it and allow the Lord to pop a few names into your spirit for whom you could share this podcast with. Simply text or email them the link to the pattyej.podbean.com site and let them know why you've been blessed by it. And please check out my books, journals, and downloadable resources at pattysadala.com shop. And remember the code EJPOD to receive 10% off everything, even the stuff already on sale. And remember, they make great gifts too. Thank you for blessing me by your prayers and for being a listener to this podcast. If this is your first podcast experience with us, you may want to go back to the trailer episode and learn about the biblical foundation for dialogue journaling, our process for experiencing Jesus. This leads you through the first special place encounter with Jesus as a child. This is a starting point for all of our experiences with Jesus. For best results, it is always good to properly posture your heart for your experience by welcoming Jesus' presence with praise and thanksgiving and playing with him in a special place as a child for a few minutes before asking for anything from him. So there are specific things that Jesus wanted you to ask him. So when you have properly postured your heart, let's see what it is that he wants you to ask him about. He said, I see you as my partner, and I need you to see me as your partner. So here are some steps that will move you in that direction. Ask me what the plans are that I have for you, talked about in Jeremiah 29, 11. These are specific to you. Then allow me to show you a future where you are living out of that promised plan. Really look, watch, see the impact that you're having on the people for whom I have for you to bless. What are you doing? How do you know you're having an impact? Really look into that vision I'm giving you. Then spend some time and ask me what's getting in your way, that plan. What do you need to let go of that will make more room for me? Then see me with you and allow me to help you let it go. Take all the time you need with Jesus. Let him do the leading in this one and record your entire experience in your journal. I would be so blessed if you would share some comments or any stories of breakthrough or clear direction that you would have received from the Lord in this or any of your experience Jesus encounters. So please remember to make some comments and reach out to me if you're being blessed by these podcasts or by my books. 
And I hope you really got some clarity with the Lord on the future he has for you. And I hope you will join us on this podcast adventure. Follow this podcast and forward it to others that you think may be blessed by it. And check out all the links below. They are designed to take you deeper. I thank God for you and bless you in Jesus' name.